that bring back any memories for anybody? Yeah, me too, me too. Glad that you're here this morning. Uh, turn to your neighbor and ask them how they're doing. Somebody sitting around you. Come on, two or three people. Say, how are you doing? Give them a fist bump. Give them a compliment. So glad that you're here today. And, you know, I want to encourage you. Practice being friendly. That's a good spot for an amen. You missed the first one right there. Practice being friendly. You know, some, some of us, it doesn't come natural to. Some people, it doesn't come natural to. You know, just want to not say a whole lot. That's totally cool. Practice it. Practice being friendly. Because for one reason... And one reason only, the Bible says, those who show themselves to be friendly have many friends. And you need friends in this world. Amen? You need good friends, people that believe the same way you do. Well, I'm glad that you're here today. If you have your orange bulletin, grab that thing. There's some notes in there. Or you can follow along with us on the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, We're usually the first one you pull up there. We're in the middle of a series called Shift. And it is all about... Uh, making shifts in our life because this being the the first of the year uh, I hope I hope that you want to make some shifts and the reason we do that at the first of the year is because we understand this principle this is the principle of this series that that small changes can make some big differences right small changes in our life can make some big differences and this series is really helping to hopefully helping to encourage people to make some small changes in our lives Changes in our spiritual life, in our physical life, uh, in our emotional lives. All that stuff adds up because that's who we are, right? Poke your neighbor and say, are you listening to this? Uh, our, our, our passion, our purpose, the reason we exist at South Point is to love God and love people. You see that on everything we do. And uh, it is the, it's the driving force behind us. And we, we talked last week about the, the four things that we value in that, the four steps, the four gears, so to speak, um, to help us to live out loving God and loving people. I don't know if you remember that. The first one was to know God. That's our first step. We want you to, above all things at South Point, yes, we want you to attend. Yes, we want you to do lots of stuff. Be involved, participate, be friendly, all of that kind of good stuff. But we want you more than anything to know God. We don't want you to sit here. This is a good amen spot I'm setting you up. All right? We don't want you to sit here for 10 years and 10 years later not know God any better than you do now. Amen? We want you to know God better. We want you to hear things in the messenger and worship or God speak to your heart and say, Man, I need that. I want to know that. And that's predominantly in our Sundays. But really that knowing God filters through everything that we do. The second one, which is what we're going to focus on today, is growing your faith. We don't want you to stay the same way you are. We, we want you to know God, but then we want you to grow in that. We don't want you to stay in first gear, right? How many love it when somebody gets on the highway? You're doing 75 miles an hour, 85 miles an hour down I-44, and somebody gets on the highway, and you can tell, you're like, oh, come on. And they, no blinker on. They're about 30 miles an hour. You can already tell they're just going to pull over on the shoulder and stop until they have 14 clear miles to pull into, right? Mm-hmm. You know who you are. Nobody wants to get on the highway in first gear. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for them. It's dangerous for you. And it's the same way in our spiritual world, man. We, in our spiritual lives, we don't want to stay in first gear. That's the gear you need to start off in. Have you ever tried to start in fifth gear? You, that's what that dude's doing in the video, that chunk, 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 and it dies. It's the wrong gear. There's, there's proper steps to take. And first gear is the one that you used to take off with. And that's, we hope that you take off in that, that you come in, that you, your first big step is b- becoming a part of South Point and knowing God. 
and surrendering your life to him. But secondly, we pray that you get a hunger to grow in your faith, that you want to grow in your faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In your notes, uh, there's a bunch of good stuff we're going to talk about today. There's a bunch of stuff I hope that you'll write down because uh, the thought for today is that I, I hope that we're just not going to go through this year, but that we're going to grow through this year. Think about that. That It's really easy to be on autopilot and just go through the year, right? Just to respond to situations that happen, respond to the way people act and react in your life, respond to needs, respond to verdicts, respond to diagnosis. Just, you just can go through ping-ponging off of everything, and you can just go through the year. But I want to tell you that if you'll say right now at the beginning of this year, Hey, Lord, I know you, and I know you want me to grow. You don't want me to stay like this. You want me to grow then God will help us to grow. He'll help you to grow through this year. And, and I, I was actually talking to somebody right before service, and I, I thought, or I told them, I wish that somebody would have told me when I was young that there are seasons in life. And sometimes you're going through one season at a time, and sometimes you're going through three or four seasons at a time. You're going through a season at work, and a season emotionally, and a season with your health, and a season with your relationships. But the thing about seasons is that they never stay. They always are transitioning to another season. You know, as soon as everybody gets sick and tired, which it was me last month with the cold weather, uh, I'm about a 50-degree kind of guy, you know. Like anything below 40s, it's not, not for me. But here's the good news that I have for all people like me that just do not like any kind of cold weather. Like I love to be able to drive to cold weather. I want to go to Colorado. I expect it to be cold. If it was 105 in Colorado, I'd be disappointed, right? But in Oklahoma, in January, I expect it to be 30 degrees outside. That's and windy, which makes it feel like 30 minus, right? Minus 30. But here's the great news that that season's going to pass. And it will give way to spring, and it will give way to summer, and the summer will give way to fall. And can I tell you that all of that stuff was created to help you and I understand life? It's the same way in life. Listen, when, it's, it's funny, when, when I challenge us to grow... You may be thinking about this. This is what this story reminds me of. When my son was born, I, I had never, I'd never been around babies in my life. I was the oldest of a bunch of cousins, oldest kid in my family. Um, they were mostly boys, a couple of girls. So everything was hunting and fishing and manly stuff. And the girls kind of did their thing, didn't ever go with us. And we didn't, we didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't around any babies. The first diaper I ever changed was my son's, reluctantly. But I remember that night, I wasn't prepared for this. I remember the night about 9 o'clock when he was born. And he came out, and after about three seconds of his head coming out, hmm, I'm just kind of watching as they're doing everything, and I'm looking at his head. And, um, and I'm trying to figure out, am I supposed to get concerned? Nobody else is acting concerned, because it looks like she gave birth to an alien because his head, supposed to be like this, was more like this. Or like this. I don't remember which way it was. But it was, it was very pointed. And, and I literally asked, I was like, hey, Doc, is, is this, that's cool, right? That's normal? She's like, oh, yeah, I've seen them a lot worse than that. And I was thinking, yeah, but what, did those babies go to the ER? I mean, are they, is, like, how normal, you know how they try to, you know, something's wrong with your kid. And they're like, yes, we're going to step out in the hall and talk about that. Is everything's fine. And I was, I was really concerned about that. I was hoping we had registered hats immediately. Like, did we register hats at Target? You know, they need something to cover that. And, and even telling Jenny about it later that night, 
Uh, and then, oh, of course, you know how it is. Everybody comes out with a cone head, or most kids come out with cone heads, and then in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, it's back to normal, and you start taking the hats off. But I was telling her like how freaked out I was because I was asking the nurses and the doctor, uh, you know, what's going on? And she told me the story that her dad was the exact same way. In fact, when her older sister was born, he actually, the first couple of days, rubbed off her hair trying to massage her into a round head. I don't know if that's healthy or not. And, and the reason that I tell you that story is because so many times, like, you hear this message. You hear, grow in your faith. And the immediate response is, okay, I want to. How? I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with this situation. I don't know how to do this. And that was like me having a kid for the first time. I'm, I have no idea. I used, we got, you know, the giant tubs of wipes, and I would... I would average about a half a tub of wipes per diaper. That kid was so clean. And usually a quarter of it was from my hands. I wasn't used to that. So anyways, I I don't want you getting it on you. You know what I'm saying? I I want you to be able to to hear the message, to hear what God's laying on your heart, and to say, I want to grow, and, and I want God to show me how. For the Holy Spirit to lead me, how is the best way for me to grow? And that's what I want, to, want us to focus on today, on how to grow. I want to give you three points. I want to stay in pretty much one passage of Scripture, John chapter 15. And I want to break apart on how do I grow my faith. Amen? Okay, now Jesus is watching. How many of you would like to grow your faith this year? It's peer pressure from above. Okay, I'm with you on that. I'm serious. I'm challenging you. Let's don't just go through another year. Let's grow this year. Let's grow through a year. Let's grow spiritual. Let's ask God, hey, don't kill me, all right? Don't put me through too much. God, isn't that great that God already promises that? I won't, I won't, I won't allow things to kill you. I won't allow things to overwhelm you. I'll be with you through it all. I'll walk with you through it. Let's challenge ourselves to grow this year. Here, here's the first way. The first way is the most important way is to grow in Christ. All right? Grow in Jesus. First and foremost, grow in Jesus. I say that. Because sometimes we think when we say, hey, I want to grow, that that means, okay, I need to get me a gym membership, right? Let me just tell you, Jesus is at the gym. You will call up on God if you go to the gym. (laughs) There's prayers offered every time I'm there. But that's not the kind of growing I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of growing that physical training is of some value, Paul told Timothy, but spiritual training has value for all areas of our life. And listen to what it says in John chapter 15. I'm going to read verse 1, then I'm going to skip a couple and go to verse 4. Jesus is explaining this growing process to his disciples and followers. He said, I am the true grape vine, and my father is the gardener. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit that is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitless or fruitful unless you remain in him. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me... And I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, everybody get that? This is the important one. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's the part we like to test. That's the part we like to say, well, I don't know. I mean, I think if I just put my mind to it, I could do some growing, right? Because I'm pretty driven. I I read that book. I, I could do some growing. But let me give you the perfect illustration of exactly what he's talking about. If I if I came over here to this plant. And this leaf right here, big old thick, big old thick, beautiful leaf, 
And if I was to come down here and go, isn't that, isn't that a pretty leaf? How many of you understand 100% beyond a doubt right now that this leaf has stopped growing? Right? I've, I've separated it from its life. There is, it it's kind of looks like it right now. If I was to do this, i go, isn't that pretty? Look at that. Look, it looks like it's growing, right? It looks like it's a part of this. But in all reality is, what's going to happen to this over the next few days and the next week? It's going to wither. The, the look's going to change. The nutritional value, if this was fruit or something like that, that's going to change. This thing is dead. Doesn't know it yet, but it's dead. And that's exactly what, what he is saying here when he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. I, I pray that our prayer this year would be that. Lord, let me, and, and, and let, me, let me relate it to our real lives as our prayer. Let me do nothing this year without you. I want to grow in you, right? So if spiritual training, if what God wants to teach me is good for every area of my life, don't let me do anything this year that's apart from you. Let, let all of my growing happen with you in my life. H- how does that happen at work? Man, i got a big sales meeting. I'm going to go in. I'm going to throw a pitch to somebody or I'm going to talk to some, try to recruit some clients or whatever the situation is. How about 10 seconds stop and say, hey, Lord, teach me what you want through this. I want to learn. May your will happen in this situation, in this meeting. You have to go to nine years of Bible college for that right there to get that one. How do you take a step in your faith? How do you grow in your faith? You stay in Christ. You stay in Christ. Apart from Christ, you can't grow. We can accomplish things. We can do some things, but we can't grow spiritually, which is good for every situation in our life. This leaf has no hope. Our prayer today is that, Lord, help me to work you into every situation in my life. Help me to understand that you're with me in every situation in my life. Because I... I don't want to just grow at my job, right? I mean, how many would like a big raise this year? All right, your bosses are watching. I mean, I always figure there's something to that. You know, get two hands, I want to raise this year. That, that's, that's great. Through that process, how about God leads us through that? How about the things that I am forced to go through? What if, what if I'm forced to go through something in my health that I don't want to go through? Hey, Lord, how about teaching me while I'm in that? I was talking to a, a parent earlier, and we were talking about some things, and they were talking about how their kid is going through rough times. And I said, hey, here's the thing. It's never fun. I understand that. My kids have both been through that. It's not fun. But also remember that that's going to pass, and there are things that you're going to learn about your kid, and your kid's going to learn only in that situation. So try to have God in that situation. Try to learn. Let him teach you through that situation. If, if your kid, listen, once you have teenagers, anybody ever had a teenager in here? It changes your perspective on human beings and the death penalty, okay? <laughs> and, and if having, t- <laughs> I didn't have to coax an amen out of anybody on that one. And, and after having teenagers, which I love, I've been in youth ministry for 15 years, I love them, but it's a whole different thing. It's, having two, three-year-olds is totally different than having a baby. Having babies is totally different than having junior high kids. Having junior high kids is totally different than having college kids. It, it, every bit of it's different. And if I, when I run into things that I don't like about the teenagers or about the babies, and I get mad and close that off, then I'm not allowing God to teach me through that, right? To grow me through that. 
Let me give you a perfect example. When, when, our, when, our firstborn, when Luke was born, I had heard so much uh, advice. I'll just call it that, all right? Advice. It's, I'm, it's our first kid. Everybody's giving me all this advice. Talking about you're not going to get any sleep. It's going to be miserable. You just think you, can, you understand what sleep deprivation is. You're really going to get it now. And all of these things. And at first I was overwhelmed. I'm like, no, I'm going to give him Benadryl and he's going to sleep till he's nine. And that's, that's just the way it's going to happen. But something happened when he was born. And, and I believe it was answered to prayer. It was not, not that I'm smart enough or Jenny's smart enough. It was that we're praying that God teach us. We want to be good parents. We want to be godly parents. We want to learn. We want to learn things that were never taught to us. We want to know those things from your spirit. And I remember saying, even though you're nursing in the middle of the night or whatever, and I have to get up and go to work the next day, I, I want to be the one to go get him. I want to go get him, and I'll bring him to you, and you can nurse, and then I'll take him and change him and rock him back to sleep because I get one shot at that. Already, okay, I'm not going to get any sleep, right? I already know that. Should I fight that and we yell and bad at each other and make our marriage worse? That never happened one time. Never, not one time. <laughs> Is the kid in bed? Oh my gosh, we forgot him in bed. You ever did that? Like we just fall asleep and there's a child in the bed with us. But it was, it was intentional to say God gave us this season in our life for a reason. He allows us to go through this for a reason. I want to learn everything I can. If I get too tired and it becomes dangerous, I'll say, baby, you got you to get him tonight. You got to get her tonight. But for now, I want to learn through this season. I want to grow through this season. Amen. I want God in the middle of the night when I'm sitting there rocking this kid. I want God connecting the dots, man. Teach me some things. I don't stay up at th- till 3 in the morning for fun. It's just with the kid. Teach me some things in this moment. Grow in Christ in every area of your life. The second one is this. Grow through pruning. Whew. That's the hard one. Now I'm going to read those couple of verses that I skipped in John 15, verse 2 and 3. He says this. He cuts off every branch of of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do produce fruit so they will produce even more. Let me read that second part one more time, just so we all get this. Think about how this relates to our lives. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. He's saying that God in our lives sometimes takes things away out of our lives. He closes doors. He changes our route. Have you ever seen somebody prune a tree? When, when we were, Jenny and I were in college at Southwestern in, in Western Oklahoma, it was always freaky to us because we lived in married housing and right on the corner of the campus, and it, the campus is surrounded by trees, and every winter they would take these big, beautiful trees, and they would just prune them down to the, to the trunk. They would just bring them all the way down. It just blew my mind until I asked somebody about it sometime, like, how come they do that? And they said, well, that tree, that's the way you're supposed to do that. I was like, oh, so not all trees are the same? Oh, no, not all trees, not all flowers. Y'all getting this? This is in the middle of a message. It's probably got something spiritual on it. You you understand, like, not everybody gets pruned the same way during the same season to the same extent. Sometimes God's wanting to prune bad things out of our lives. God's wanting to take something that's a bad habit out of our life, something that's stealing life. Like, I spotted something earlier on this. It's a leaf right down here. 
in front. Can you see that one, the yellow one? And it's kind of droopy. Like if this was my plant, I guess it is, I would, I guess I would prune this because this is the one that's looking unhealthy. This is the unhealthy one that's sucking life from the good stuff, right? This is the bad habit. This is the thing that needs to change. I've been praying for change. I mean, I'd really, I mean I'm fasting sugar, Lord. Come on, Jesus, help me. I mean, is that not enough change? No, I, I, wanna, I want you to grow in every area of your life. And I'm going to show you some things in your life. And you need to get out the shears. You need to talk about it with your family. You need to pray about it. And you need to prune some things, Right? God says, I'll do that. And what's wild is he even says, I'll do that with some good things in your life. Have you ever had that happen? Something in your life that you just knew was good. And then all of a sudden, God changes direction and takes you in a different direction. God closes that door. And you're like, "What? I could have swore that was it. We invested time. We invested effort. And God says, yeah, but... You don't understand, like, I mean, there's only two blooms on the whole thing. But if you look at it, like, this one's looking pretty rough. And if you go down here to the, where it branches off, trim that off, and you would immediately, like, if this was us, I would immediately say, why, out of everything you could prune, do you pr- only have two, right? Two flowers. Come on, somebody say, preach it. Right? I only have two in my life. And you cut one of those off? I have no understanding of why you do that, Lord. I have no understanding why you would take, I only have two beautiful things. Everything else is taking life. These old giant leaves are just sucking it away from me. Right? And God says, hold on, what you don't understand, you have to, you have to learn that everything, I prune everybody different in different seasons at different times. I, God, knows what's happening tomorrow and next month. I know what you need to be prepared for. I know that the turkey that bought this plant is going to keep taking it outside where it's 30 degrees. It's going to put a lot of pressure on it. And you don't have the goods right now to support two. You just need to support one. Focus on this one. And then once you get reestablished in the warm weather, the place you're supposed to be, right? Y'all getting what I'm saying? Then what will happen where I prune that one, God says, two will come out. But you got to be faithful to the process. you got to keep learning while God is pruning. Isn't that good? That's that's why God gives us the whole world to teach us his principles. Now in that passage, I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you a couple of, in that point, I'm going to give you three little points in there with it to help us out. A couple of them I've already said. Number one is that God prunes the stuff that, that needs to die. That leaf that's hanging on. Pulling life. There may be a, a habit in our life. There may be a, an addiction. Listen, I, I don't feel like I'm addicted to sugar. I just want it four times a day, right? I'm not, I can quit anytime I want. Come on, help me out. Amen. I can quit anytime I want. I can lay it down. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't control me. I need some more amens. I'm kind of running out of breath. In reality, it's something that I didn't feel like my meals were complete until I had a little sugar at the end. It can just be like some leftover Halloween candy, like one little Snickers bite. It can be fine. Am I the only one? I feel like I'm on an island and you are judging me right now. It, it can, and it was one of those things as I began to pray over the last couple of months, God, if we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting, let's, let's do some things that are going to help me grow. Not just the routine things. I've done about every variation of fast. I'm going to do some things that are going to 
get to me. And I made a list of several things, sugar being one of them. I don't really want to do that. I like sweet tea. I like a piece of cake every now and then. I like it. There are things that we like sometimes that aren't healthy for us. Don't elbow your neighbor right now. This one's for you. There are things in our life that God prunes or he challenges us to prune. See, I honestly believe so many times God's been tapping us on the shoulder for weeks, maybe months, maybe even years going, you need to prune that. Sucking life away. You need to prune that. It's, it's inhibiting you growing. You need to prune that. And if we could say yes... We could say yes and prove that to get that away from us. God says, now you've made room for much more life to grow. The second thing, which I've talked about, he prunes the, the good things to get to the better things. You know, there was not that I don't struggle with sin. I still struggle with things in life. But I don't struggle near the same way that I struggle as I did 20 years ago. And I remember... a. a a message my pastor about 15 years ago preached, and it was bad, good, better, or best. And there was only one, there's four categories, but there's only one bad. Hopefully when we give our lives to Christ, we, we leave the bad, right? We, I mean, I'm not, I'm not tempted on shooting up the place. I'm not tempted on doing like the really bad things that I ever used to. I'm not tempted as much on those anymore. Uh, hopefully I've come from the bad to the good. And I've, at times I've laid that down and made hard decisions to get to the better. But can I tell you that my goal in life, when I get to better, I'm not judging against the bad, right? I still have more steps against the best. And it's funny because when I take that step, God says, ha, ha. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, you just moved that. He goes, yeah, because as long as you have breath, I want you to continue to grow. I want to continue to prune because there's really no limit on how much you can grow. The limit is up to you. And the third thing is that occasionally we go through seasons that require pruning. When I talked to the groundskeeper, whoever that was that I talked to, I don't think he was the head groundskeeper, I think he's just one of the hourly guys. How come y'all prune these trees back so far? And he began to tell me, he said, well, we, we prune them back because this tree needs to be pruned at this season and we take it Almost all the way to the trunk, like a foot from the trunk, all the, all the branches. They just look like really ugly totem poles all around campus. Like, why would you do that? That's the way these trees are supposed to be. He goes, but have you seen those over there behind Rogers Jefferson? Yeah. Yeah, just look like you just gave them a haircut, right? Because they're a different type of tree. And we only do those in the spring. You're supposed to prune those in the spring. We don't prune those in the winter like these. And do you understand that through seasons of life, God will challenge us to prune things, and the next season he won't even mess with. Some of our areas of our life, they're, they're effective now. Some of them are, are important six months from now, and God will worry about those then. God is saying, right now in the season that you're in, listen to me, and let's prune some things so you can grow now. Amen? The third and the last one is this. We're gonna, first, we're going to grow in Jesus. Second, we're going to grow through pruning. And the third, we're going to grow with other believers. The believers part's very important. Other believers in our lives. All through Scripture. We could go on and on and on about this. 
if I'm challenging you to grow, and we, we're taking steps on how to do that, how to grow, how to put that into my everyday life, Jesus has challenged us to remain in him, to remain a part of the, the main vine. We're the branch, and to remain a part of him so that we get our understanding, our nutrients, our direction, our inspiration, that we get that from him. But my question, as, as I, anytime Jesus tells me to do something in Scripture, I'll say, okay, how, when, where, why, what, like, lead me into that. I, you didn't just tell me that to, to remember for 2,000 years ago. You, you're wanting me to do that. So how do I remain in him? And it's also in John 15, a few verses later in verse 12, this is what he says. This, he challenges them with this big message, and then he says, here's how you remain in me. This is my commandment. To love each other in the same way I loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Can we just take a breath on that one for a minute? Somebody needed to hear that today. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and to produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command, to love one another. To love one another. If, listen, if you want to grow, are you ready? I'll give you the big one. If you want to grow, then just love people. Love people. Love them. That 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love. That love where you're patient with them. And patient with them. And patient with them. Love people where you forgive them endlessly. I literally had that argument with God last week. I know, Lord, I know. You told Peter, forgive them. And Peter said, what, seven times? I mean, you really, you mean to do this seven times? Let him take advantage of me seven times? Let him ruin my reputation seven times? Let him cause problems in my house seven times? And Jesus said, no, seven times 70. And what do we normally do when we hear that? 490 times, right? I'm keeping track. That's how many times. And it, 491, bud. And I was praying to not have... Uh, with this, I have a family member that's we're constantly butting heads. The only family member I have to do this with, but we're constantly, it seems like whatever I do doesn't work. And I said, Lord, I just want to put distance. It's too painful. He goes, Yeah, but you put parameters, but you got to forgive. That'll eat you up. Yeah, but you realize, and I come up with all my excuses. Yeah, but what about this? What about this? Well, I mean, I would never. That's right. You have Christ. You're growing, so you should forgive like Christ. That's what loving people is about. You should help them. That's what, that's what love is. Love doesn't keep record of wrong. And I begin to go through 1 Corinthians 13, that love chapter in my mind, what love is. Wow, that is so difficult. Have you ever put that like to a person's name? Love them unconditionally. Be patient with them forgive them over and over and over keep no record of wrong with them you know how we stay in him how we grow in him 
how we produce fruit that will last in him. We love one another just like he loved us. That's the predominant reason at South Point that we have small groups. That's the main reason is to challenge us, to put us in a room with four or five, six other people like us and five or six other couples like us, people that are going to school like us, starting their careers like us, people that don't have kids like us, people that do have kids like us. We, we, we want you to be able to, as iron sharpens iron, sharpen yourself. And you know what's great about small groups? That you can do what I'm doing right now. That you can talk about, I have this real issue with a family member and I would like to just move away or then move away. How should I respond? And to hear somebody say, I know it's hard, but if you want to grow, Jesus said, you got to love them. We can help you. We'll be there, let you practice on us a little bit. Talk through some scenarios and some situations. Because our goal, our goal is to grow. Amen? I don't want to take a step back this year. I fought really hard for the land that I'm standing on spiritually. I don't want to give any of that to the enemy. I've done that before. It's harder the second time. I, I want to keep the land. I want to keep growing spiritually. I want to keep taking steps in my faith. And listen, for a, for a church to, to have revival, to, for a church to grow and to reach our community, it's not about the, the vision of the church. It's about the health of the individuals. For us, are we going to grow? Are we going to take steps in our faith? You know, we try to think of how we do things intentionally at South Point on purpose. And that's why this message is at this time in January. And even on your seats, we put our point group, our small group brochures on the seats. So if you're not in a small group and your third question is, well, then how? How do I get in the small group? I mean, how do I grow? How do I remain in Christ? We challenge you with scripture, with what God says. And then we give you opportunities through small groups. Listen, our, our small group has gone through a season. We've been, we've been doing our small group for eight years now. And we've had a, last year was a slow year. So many of our kids were in high school and were so busy. We probably didn't meet like six times last year. We scheduled like 47 times last year. But we couldn't because everybody was so busy. But you know what? Like the discussion doesn't come up about stopping the small group. We're just going to keep scheduling, keep doing things. And as the season changes... Our friends that we've been with for years and years will get back in that because that's how you grow. Amen? You grow with other believers. Other believers you can challenge in God's Word. Yes, stay that direction. Stay that course. How many still want to grow this year? Let's tell him. Can we do that? Let's pray together. You pray while I pray. And say, Lord, that's me. I want, to, I want to grow. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your strength and your mercy. Thank you so much for your word that takes the simple things like a tree or a plant and can lay out the whole process for growing in our lives, for remaining in you, the source of our life. Lord, I pray that you would see the hearts and the souls of everyone in this room, Lord. You know our desire is to grow in you, to understand you better. To, to see your, to discover your plan for us, to see what you have in store for us day by day. And I know you reveal that through our circumstances, through our careers, through our school, through our friends and our relationships, through our marriages, through our family, through our church. 
you reveal that throughout the day, every day of our lives. And we're just here to tell you today, Lord, we want to grow this year. That 2019 would not just be a year that we're going through on autopilot, put the cruise control on. But Lord, we want a sense of adventure. We want to take an adventure this year. We want to grow in you. We want to understand where you're taking us and what you're doing. I pray that you would help us to understand, that you would help us to say yes. Help us to say yes to you every single day. To put you in our jobs. To put you in our families. To put you in our school. That you would be our King and our Lord of our lives. Lord, we ask that you'd help us to grow this year. That this year we would move from good to better and better to best with your eyes still closed I want to pray one more prayer for those that in this room that you may not have taken the first step you may not know Jesus as your friend, as your savior and you know what, you're in the best place in the world to make that decision we don't call you up front we don't embarrass you or single you out or anything but we do want to pray for you I'm fixing to pray. Either way, I'm going to pray. And if you're in that spot and you say, you know what, it's time. It's time for me to make a decision to open up my life and surrender it to Jesus, to learn to follow Him. Because I want this. I want to be connected to the vine. I want my life to be connected to the real source of life. And if that's you today, I want to pray for you. If that's you, will you just, if you're making that decision, will you take a second and look up and just give me a little wave? And it just lets me know I'm praying for you. Awesome. Fantastic. You put it right back down as soon as you raise your hand. Super proud of you. Greatest decision you'll ever make. Now as I pray, will you tell him, those that raise your hand, will you tell him, say, that's me. That's me. I'm making that decision, Lord. Jesus, we love you so much. We love you so much that even when we are not connected to you, you don't cast us out, Lord. That your desire, your longing is to bring us in, is to connect us with you. Now, I pray for these that raise their hands today, that are making that decision to surrender their lives to you, to become a follower of Jesus Christ today. And I pray that you do exactly like your word says, Lord, that first and foremost, you would forgive them of their past, their mistakes, their sins, and set their feet right where you want them on solid ground that you'd begin to teach them from this day forward how much you love them, how much you care for them, that you have a plan for their life. And from this day forward, you are a team with them, that your spirit will guide them and direct them and teach them, grow them into the person that you've always designed them to be, Lord. Move each one of us today, Jesus, from the position we are to the next step. Help us to grab a gear. Help us to step on the gas and apply the things that we've learned here today. May your spirit help each one of us It's in your name that we pray, Lord, and everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Man, I'm so glad that you came today. So glad you got to be a part of that. God's word, you know, the Bible says God's word does not return void. It does not return empty. When we invest God's word into our life, it produces fruit. When we say, yes, Lord, I'm going to try that. I'm going to take that step. I'm going to put that scripture to work in my life. It brings about fruit in our life. We're going to wrap up our service today with a part of a song, and our prayer team's going to come forward. If you have prayer needs for anything, please come and pray with them. And until then, let's stand together and worship and start our week off right. All right?